Welcome to another Axe Church podcast. Glad you're with us today. And by us, I mean the most people we've ever had at this table at once, I believe. Uh, at least Ty is the most. The most that we've had in a podcast. Today we are doing another Millennials and me, but the me is actually David because I am a Millennial. We've got David, Kristen, and Corey all here today. And we are here um, just to talk about what's so wrong about Millennials. Just kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> not really. But. That's not true, Millennials. That's we, we love you. Click. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now that the Millennials have all turned off the podcast for you older people who are like, yeah, that's what's wrong with them. No. Um, We've got, I've got the millennials back for millennials and me number two. Um, you know, this is just an opportunity for us to talk through, I mean, culture is, is culture and whatever it is, whether it's generational, whether it has to do with geography. I was recently uh, back in Tennessee for a week and uh, just very easy to notice the cultural differences there. And so I think as believers, it's important that we're reaching across uh, cultural divides to understand one another, to understand who we are, what we're doing, where we're going so that we can serve each other, so we can share the love of Christ with one another. And so um, this is an opportunity for us, both the millennial and the non-millennial, um, to understand and kind of reach across. And so I've got three of them here. I've got I've got Kristen and Hunter and my daughter, Corey, um, here, so to keep me honest. And so I'm going to start out with something a little bit more fun. I'm going to, I have in front of me on my computer screen, a list of acronyms that millennials are supposed to know. Okay, so this oh, is yeah. this I'm is a, do this. you speak millennial? A modern acronym game. I okay. totes speak millennial. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know what that means, but uh, I, I do. I'm kidding. Um, so I'm going to give you some of these acronyms, and I'm going to. I'm, uh, let me do it this way. I'm going to go around the table, and I'm going to give them to you one at a time. And if you don't know, you pass to the next person, and we'll see how many of these you guys can get. Got it. Uh, I'm going to start out very easy. Um, with L-O-L, Corey, L-O-L. Laughing out loud. That is correct. Laugh out loud, laughing out loud. Um, and for those of you who don't know what the heck we're talking about, I guess these would be like something you'd use in a text or an email or a Facebook post. Or or an actual sentence. Be- because you <laughs> don't know how to spell um, or, or whatever. Um, there's another one that has an A in it with laughing. I'm not going to read that one. So we'll go. It's another easy one, Kristen. How about JK? Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay, good. I used to think that was joking, and I was like, no. how is that a good Yikes. acronym for joking? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I you're not out. as good a millennial as you should be. <laughs> <laughs> that right. was like a while ago. Hunter, how about BRB? Be right back. Be right back is correct. Corey, we'll get a little bit more difficult here. NV, as in Victor, M. Never mind. Correct. You got that right. I would not have known that one. I have to see these to um, know them. Well, you don't get to when see them. When you say that. them out loud, it sounds weird. All right, Kristen. <laughs> T-T-Y-L. Talk to you later. Gosh, you guys are good at this. N-B-D. No big deal. That one I actually use in verbal sentences all the time. I'm like, oh, it's N-B-D. It's no big deal. Wow. <laughs> Corey, T-B-H. To be honest. That's correct. Yeah. Goodness gracious. You guys are getting all these. How about Jomo? I actually have no idea. J O M O. J O M O. Do you know Hunter? Just on my own. No. Corey. Can you repeat it? Jomo. J O M O. 
Just on my ostrich? <laughs> that is correct. Just on my ostrich is correct. No. It's joy of missing out. Don't know what the... Joy? I've heard it. It's no. the opposite of I've heard, FOMO. Yeah, I've heard of FOMO. I have which not is, heard so, fear of missing out. Fear of missing so out. So JOMO is what introverts have. They're like, I heard there was something cool happening, right. and I didn't go. I an extrovert <laughs> would be FOMO, and an introvert would be JOMO. Okay. All right? Good to know. Um, okay. Corey Bay. B-A-E. Before anything else. Before anyone else, it oh. says. Mm. Is that, have you used it for both? Before anything else and before No, I just use bay for like significant other or That's someone what that you really yeah, like. Yeah. I yeah. haven't heard it in that Like context. this is my bay. Yeah. yeah. Which, Me and bay. Oh, I, 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 it's one of the ones that I cannot <laughs> you like stand. Cringe. You, <laughs> like cringe. You, like you like physically cringe when you said that. That's oh, my bay. I don't know if you've ever seen the old Seinfeld episode where the, the lady's talking about her fiance. They're at a party, and, and you guys are too young for this, of course. So I'm, I'm bringing you into the world of, of non-millennials. So, so I've seen B-movie. Elaine is at this party, and she's sitting here at this party, and there's this lady, this really annoying lady who keeps talking about her fiancé. She's like, oh, my fiancé. Where is my fiancé? He was at the party. My fiancé. And just, just kept saying fiancé, and it was bothering the, the crud out of, out of uh, her. And eventually, she, I think she said something like, a dingo ate your fiance or something, which is another reference to something you wouldn't know about. I've heard it. I don't know. Dingo ate my baby. It's an old case in I'm Australia. I'm LOL yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah, so you're L- no, not you're not really. LOLing. See that? See, and funny. that's the thing is people say LOL, but it's not true. What With they just mean face. is what you've said is slightly funny, right? Wait, like true. when you get that text back that says LOL, you don't think they really actually laughed out loud. Yeah. In fact, it's probably the least laugh worthy of the of the uh, laughing because you've got like rolling on the floor or if someone goes like haha yeah like, ha-ha, you know that yeah. that's not lol i feel like is a step above like haha in honduras they say jaw 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 because of course the yeah. well they don't so say that they type they, they type, type that, that. <laughs> they type that well technically they say it i mean they say they say ha 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 all right uh kristen tfw for the win no tfw oh oh i know it see uh, you can pass the hunter. Yeah, pass. I don't know. Is it the face when? No. That oh. face when? Yeah. It's that feeling when. Oh, the oh. feeling. Corey, S. Oh, no. It's you, Hunter. SMH. Shake my head. Shaking my head. That's I had to true. tell you that one the other day. How do you guys know all these? It's just These ones seem like there's V by itself. Very. Oh, that was my turn. Yeah. Sorry. Very. <laughs> and then there's Sorry. P. I use that one a lot, too. Is Corey, that- do you know what it is? Or no, it's pretty much, pretty yes, much. That's what I am at this game. Oh, <laughs> pretty. Yeah, it's pretty. pretty. Like they both P say much. in parentheses, "I'm v excited." Like yeah, I'm, I'm very excited, yeah. or I'm pretty excited. I'm P, I'm see, excited. if I were to see that, if I'm I saw stoked. I'm I'm p excited, I would probably I would figure it out. See, if I saw I'm p excited, I would think that, <laughs> that you're I was so excited. excited that I had peed a little bit. Right? That's what I, I mean. That's what I would think. I'm p excited. Like, oh, that person's very excited and they're having problems controlling their bladder. Actually, if I saw right? I'm I'm p excited, I would assume it was p r e just pre excited. That's pre if, pre. if you're not going to type out the whole I'm word pre. pretty, okay. I also assume that you're not going to say the whole word pretty. So you're going to say I'm pre excited. All right, Corey, I'm going to give you this one. W y d. It's a question. W-Y-D. What do you do? What, what are you doing? What are yeah. you doing? Yeah. yeah. So, what yeah. are you doing today? Um, That's what it stands for. Kristen, MCM. Man Crush Monday. This one says Man Candy, but I think it is supposed Uh-oh. to be Man Crush. Um, because WCW, Hunter. Or Woman Crush Wednesday. What Correct. Up? What does that mean? So on Instagram it's or on Instagram Facebook, thing. so they do hashtags, right? And a hashtag is essentially the pound sign followed by... 
something trending that's popular. So okay. like every Wednesday of the week, if you have a significant other or that's a girl, then you say, oh, she's my women crush Wednesday. Or sometimes girls do it for like their best friends. Like look at how awesome my best friend is. She's doing so great in life. She's graduating college. She got a job. Like she's goals. She's my women crush Wednesday. Or if it's like a man, it goes on Monday. So like look at my great boyfriend, husband, whatever. He's my man crush. I feel like you said something there Monday. that we need to explain now what? for non-millennials when you said goals. Oh, I think goals is like you look at a person and you're like, I aspire to have that. It I want sense, to be yeah. that. Like it's my it's my I'm goal. So but it's a millennial invention. It's a, I guess that you was a very say, millennial sentence. Look, it's it's so common now. Goals. You just goals. go goals. You just like point. Or you, I mean, you don't actually. Point okay, so but you would say. On what context would I say to somebody goals? You would post a picture of a cute couple and you would just say relationship goals. Or sometimes people do it with food. They'll take a picture of their food yeah, and be food like goals. food goals. Either like eating clean or I wish I could cook this. It's way. just another way like, to wish you. See, were we used better. to refer to wishing you were sports. Right. That would be the only place where. We talk about goals, like oh, you know that's that's the goal. (laughs) Like when I look at Corey's art, two things are goals. I'm like goals. Like I wish I could draw. Like I wish I could be an artist, but I'm not. So something that like you wish that you could do, or you wish that you could aspire to have, or something like that. Okay, a couple more of these. (laughs) Corey R N. Right now. Yep, that's correct. T N. Um, I pass. I don't know. Hunter. T-N. To know? I, I don't know. Or, or you want to try it? Is it toenail? <laughs> Is it tonight? <laughs> it's tonight. It's tonight. Oh, okay. tonight. Okay. How about BC? You got that one? Yeah, that's because. Yes, that is because. <laughs> THX, I think everybody knows, but I'll give it to Hunter. Thanks. Yes. Then they've got oh, the okay. at sign, which everyone knows means at. What else would it mean? <laughs> um, Corey, how about L and then the number eight? Just late? Yes, just late, <laughs> which obviously seems pretty... OMW? On my way. On my way. Oh. Uh, then there's bye, B-Y-E, which That's just says get, get out of town. Like, girl, bye. Yeah, girl, bye. Yeah. That's like the way I said it. Like, bye. Oh, bye. Okay, this looks like another social media thing. Corey, O-O-T-D. O-O-T-D? You can pass if you don't know. I'm sorry, I don't know this one. It's outfit of the day. So, like, when you're feeling super cute or, like, super fly, you take a mirror picture, usually. So, like, not a selfie. So, not the one where it's just your face, but, like, a mirror picture so you can see your whole outfit. And you hashtag it, outfit of the day. Kristen, you looked kind of guilty when you said that yeah. you knew that one. Yeah. They can't see a guilty look, but clearly you've posted a few of these. Yes, I have. There's also SOTD, shoes of the day, POTD, photo of the day. See, I don't know what those are. Um, all right, Hunter, how about FTW? For the win. For the win. Yes. Um, now I'm just going to throw these out. First one to Sam says them. HBU. How about, about you? you? Oh, yeah, I knew that one. WBU. Record. What about you? Yes. Oh. Uh, FWIW. Come on. For what it's worth? Yes. Yeah. Oh, there you go. YOLO. You only live once. <laughs> Thanks, Drake. Untrue for Jesus, of course. <laughs> um, BTW. By, By the, the way. way. All right, let's try this one. I-C-Y-M-I. I-C-Y-M-I. Is that about the yogurt? Oh. No. Oh, in case you missed it. I've seen this one and I had to look it up. In case you missed it, it's correct. A few more. We'll just run through them. T-Y. Thank you. Y-W. Y-U. You're welcome. Oh. I-D-C. I don't care. F-B. Facebook. Facebook. I-G. Instagram. S-M. So much. Social media. Oh. D-M. 
Direct message. Direct message. TBT. Throwback, Throwback Thursday. Thursday. FBF. Facebook. Oh, Flashback Friday. Oh, yeah, that's yes. what it is. It's Flashback NSFW. Friday. Not safe for work. LMK. L- I don't know. <sighs> Let me know. Yeah. HMU. Mm. Hit me up. RT. Right. Retweet. Retweet. Oh, I don't use Twitter. IRL. In real life. In real life. TIL. Uh, I don't know. Today I learned. Oh. No, what? <laughs> IMO or IMHO. How often can that be used? Wait, was that? Say again. I-M-O or I-M-H-O. In my opinion, in my honest opinion. Or in my humble, humble opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I All never right. know if someone's being honest or humble. Uh, but usually, you could be both, usually, I think. Yeah, um, but usually neither. <laughs> but no one who's using these acronyms is either honest or humble. Um, <laughs> just crazy. Uh, so I feel old. Um, I, th- I appreciate that. Um, my favorite one wasn't even know. on there. Which is what? It's G-P-O-Y. And it's like a gratuitous picture of yourself. So oh. that's usually like when you post a GIF or like a picture that's not yourself of how you're feeling. So like someone stuffing their face, like GPOI, this is me right now because I'm stuffing my emotions with food or I've something. I don't that. know. That one's my favorite. I, I learned one recently that's TLDR, too long didn't, didn't read. read and I yes, yeah, TLDR. I'm familiar with that one because when I post like something on Facebook, that's generally what I'm going to get back yeah. from people. It's too long, <laughs> faster, did not read. But the title sounds it also, like this. I also get TLDL uh, for most of my sermons, too long, didn't, didn't listen. listen. Um, or too long, F-A, fell asleep. Um, <laughs> I get some of that. Uh, and they, they don't actually put that on anything. I just see them sleep. <laughs> it's just And okay. so you know who you are. Um, <laughs> Anyway, okay, so there you go. There's there's a kind of a fun and, you know, just one of the slight differences that we have uh, with, uh, you know, the different, you know, and it's not like only millennials use those. I would say only millennials should. Uh, <laughs> it's a little bit funky when you see like a 60-year-old um, trying to use a lot of that kind of stuff. I it, like it. You like that? I think like it's I, funny. <laughs> I, think, I think when a millennial uses it, it's like, yeah, of course you're doing that. But when a 60-year-old does it, it's like... Good for you. you. You're really, yeah. You're you're in the know. The, yeah. See, when I was young, you're aware. If you're older woke. people tried to sort of adopt the culture of young people, it was considered sad. Uh, kind of like bless yeah. your heart. You yeah. familiar with the term bless no, your yeah. heart? Millennials, millennials are inclusive. Yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, as long as everyone agrees with you, you tend to be inclusive. As long as you use our acronyms, right. Okay. Very inclusive. That's fine. I mean, I I don't know if I would be interested to know. I think some people have sort of uh, suggested that all these acronyms and texting and this type of of thing has really harmed uh, people's writing skills. Um, And I don't know if that's true because I would think because there's so much texting and, and social media and whatever that millennials actually probably write more you know, more content mm-hmm. than people did in generations before because they're, because when I was a kid, we weren't texting all the time. So you all are sending 800 texts a day. You could have written a 10 page paper for that, right? And yeah. so you're probably writing more often. Now, of course, if you're using acronyms, I guess it's good that you at least know the first letter that the word starts with. Uh, but it'd be <laughs> nice to, it'd be interesting to find out what like the spelling skills and whatever are, yeah. if, if it's actually having that effect. I think but does people, it matter anymore? Probably not. Uh, with you know, when you've got, uh, I spent so much time in elementary school learning how to spell words, and then high school came around, and the guy gave me autocorrect. Yeah, you got autocorrect. Truth. Although autocorrect sometimes can can 
can be rough. That's true. Uh, yeah. We can do some things thoroughly. Like, I, I get. Uh, I pushed. I put send on a few texts and looked back and like, oh goodness, oh, that's not what I wanted to say at really? all. No, um, I don't think that that's legal to say that word. I was. Um, sorry, mom. I, I had. So. I I nearly sent a uh, a voice to text message to mm-hmm. to a band member and it it misread one word and it really wasn't like a that big of a deal, but it completely changed the entire text right. and it would have been very weird. And I was right. so glad I caught it. <laughs> yeah. I've had to, usually I'll read a text before I send it, but occasionally I read it after I send it and then, and then look it. back and go, Oh um, no, that's not what I meant to say. Um, and so yeah, autocorrect can be good, can be bad. Uh, but this is where we are. And so let's talk a little bit more. Um, last time we talked about a number of things, in terms of how, <coughs> excuse me, in terms of how uh, millennials are making their way in the world. Um, and so right now we have represented, you know, Corey would be on the very end of the millennial scale. She was born in 2000. And so, I, you know, generally speaking, we're talking about 1980 to 2000, something like that is kind of the millennial thing. It depends on who you ask. Some would take it a little past 2000. Some would, you know, like 83 or 85 to 2000, you know, that type of thing. But let's just say 80 to 2000. Corey would be towards the end. You guys would be somewhere in the middle. You're both born in the mid-90s. Is that right? 94. Yeah. You were both 94? 95. You're 95. Gosh, I'm, I'm actually old. in the middle. Yeah. You're. So you all are in the <laughs> middle. Corey's kind of on the, 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 on three, the tail end. Um, and so, you know, you know, one of the things that is, is just so different, uh, for, for you all, for me, and of course I'm only one generation behind you, I'm, I'm generation X. And so I'm not, I'm not two generations behind you, although I may look like that. Uh, my hair is getting quite gray. Uh, and, and, you know, we grew up with tech, like with technology as Mm. technology was, was becoming something that was kind of our generation where, so generation Xers are comfortable with technology, um, but also fully remember rotary phones and, <laughs> you know, not having cell phones and not having the internet and whatever. So the mm-hmm. first half of our lives was spent without that. And then we sort of came up with it. So we have a certain way that we look at it. You guys have had it from day one. Mm. You've always had the internet. You've always had cell phones. You've never known a world without that. Not completely. I do remember a time without internet. Well, you're from Spokane. <laughs> That's true. Do they have it there yet? The, the train came a little late. Okay, yeah. <laughs> The Wells Fargo wagon finally brought you internet at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So maybe you remember a little bit of time without internet. Well, but certainly it was not still much. around, but it wasn't. We had internet, but it wasn't accessible. Like yeah, and it wasn't useful. Like either. AOL or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Do-dum, do-dum, as yeah. you're like dialing it up, and yeah. no one used the phone. I'm on the internet. I yeah, still have my AOL email address that's that I made. It. Like when I was like, yeah, that's where I get all my junk sent to. So like coupons and stuff that I don't care about. So it's an email I don't. Check regularly. Yeah, my one of my my last pastor had an AOL email, and I thought, "You're old." Um, but yeah, does the, he listen to this podcast? He probably does. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Uh, you know who you are. Uh, Shout out to at, you at AOL.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have an AOL email. I do have an old Yahoo email that I don't use for anything that still has junk and stuff. But it, I use it for some accounts, and so. Um, but yeah, so which I don't know if anybody uses Yahoo anymore. If Yahoo's even really around. I think- People do. Shout out to Yahoo if you're still out there. Yeah, Yahoo. 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 It's still sometimes <laughs> Free one, advertising. Of the, uh, one of the options when, when like a Netflix gives yeah. you the options. Because people still, Gmail, there's a lot of people Yahoo. with Yahoo email addresses. At Hotmail. Still. But the point Hotmail. is, is that you guys, when by the time you were in elementary school, if you wanted to do, like we talked about encyclopedias before and you guys were like, 
no, I've never used that. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Maybe in elementary you, school. If you wanted yeah. to research, you probably were going to the internet and not to books, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's just a different thing. You, you grew up with screens. You grew up with that kind of thing. And so, uh, you know, how, how does that affect? Let's, let's talk about your experience with the Lord and your experience um, with church. Because one thing that I, that I think is awesome is that um, God works in every generation exactly the same way, which is to say, you know, I have a relationship with Jesus that is no different in, in kind than your relationship with Jesus. It's the same, uh, you know, and, and your children, if they know Jesus, it will be the same. And Paul and Peter, you know, 2,000 years ago, it was the same, which is to say, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. Our relationship with him cuts across cultures, across any kind of borders like that. And so we have this thing in common. Yeah. Um, but we're all going to come to it and understand it in different ways. And so let's talk about how your... Uh, uh, your experience, kind of growing up with screens as a normal thing, growing up with social media, growing up with those things, how has that affected the way when you walk into a church? Let me and let me set the stage for you. When I was young and I walked into a church, um, it would have been you know the a church that was a little bit more hip might have had some drums and some guitar and that type of thing. Okay, uh, we our church did. Um, I, I wouldn't say we were particularly hip, but. Uh, my dad was a pastor and he was, you know, a music guy. And so he liked, uh, you know, he liked kind of that thing. So, so we had, we had that kind of stuff. A lot of churches didn't. In fact, if you go in some places, a lot of churches still don't, um, which is really crazy. But so we got some of that in music, but you're talking about like overhead projector, like someone slapping up overhead mm-hmm. slides on mm-hmm. the thing for the words or earlier on, it was all books. So you had a hymnal, you actually had a praise book, like a Maranatha praise book. Shout out to Maranatha praise books, if anybody remembers those. Um, and you would you would open up the book to page whatever, and you'd read the song, and you'd sing the song, um, you know, with, with the band and so on. Then overheads, then what we have now, of course, now we have a whole different thing. So talk to me about your experience of church, and, and is it harder to be engaged, or do you feel like churches actually um, cater too much to you all and, and like overdo the lighting and the screens and the whatever, um, and that you could actually, you'd actually be happy with something less. So I'm gonna start with you, Kristen, since you're sitting right across from me. Um, tell me about your experience in the church, your relationship with the Lord, as far as, as far as those parts of your culture are. Um, that is a good question. I don't know. I feel like the churches that I always grew up in were catered to younger, um, crowds. So like when I, the church that I was growing up in, when I lived in Dallas, it was very much a younger church, had a lot of young members. So they were very up to date with social media and the projection screens, projection screens and all that good stuff. Um, and so I, I guess in all fairness, I haven't really been to a church that isn't really catering to that. And I feel like I would feel very uncomfortable and weird if I went to a church where they were singing out of books and didn't have a drum player and I don't know that would just be weird to me it's not a bad thing it's very traditional and it caters to most people but it would just be very weird to me since I've never had that experience um, I've been to like an Episcopal church and that's very traditional and so I guess they didn't have really any you <sighs> still read out of a hymnal and all of that good stuff and they had like an organ player and that was always just weird. Is it a distraction? In terms of you connecting with the Lord, would you find that a place that wasn't meeting your expectations culturally to be a distraction from you being able to engage? I don't think necessarily it would be a distraction. It would just take some getting used to. Um, I think I would feel more uncomfortable, especially like during worship and prayer 
if it was more quiet, I feel like if you have loud worship and you have music, like you can pray softly out loud, you can sing and not like offend anyone with your singing voice. And so to me, it would be uncomfortable and it would take some getting used to. And I would definitely feel like I would have to kind of, um, not necessarily censor, but rein in the way that I worship because I feel like I'm very loud and expressive. Um, and there are other places where I would ask you to censor yourself more. That's probably not. <laughs> um, I don't. Well, I don't censor myself at X Church. I'm just saying, if I was in an environment where they didn't necessarily have a lot of um, loud music, drums, right. um, projector screen singing, I would feel more uncomfortable, and I would feel like I would have to. Um, kind of rein it in a little bit. So that's a really interesting. I want to I want to take that for a second because that is a very very interesting. It's not a, I wouldn't say debate, but a very interesting issue in the church right now, which is especially for churches who have been around a long time and are deciding how to transition to uh, to engage in worship with people at a level that's culturally engaging. Um, people who are the millennial crowd and probably some of the Generation X crowd is exactly like you. Yeah. I want the music loud enough so I could sing as loud as I wanted mm-hmm. and no one would hear me. Mm-hmm. The older crowd, they okay, <laughs> they, their whole thing is I want to be able to hear everybody sing. They grew up being trained to sing because yeah. it was just a piano or whatever. So they they can do five part harmonies. They can do whatever. And Lucky. so, and so that, and some of them would say that other thing's not worship. That, that's that's some of them would go so far as to say when you can't hear the other people singing, that's not worship. You know, real worship is where you can hear the voices. And they would be very. I've had a conversation with somebody who um, was very passionate about this and was like, "No, that's not worship. Real worship is you can hear everyone singing around you and whatever." Now I'll just tell you totally disagree that it's not worship if everyone can't hear you singing. Um, the only person who we care about mm-hmm. hearing us singing is the Lord. Right. And and in some cases, he's the only one who can appreciate yeah. uh, <laughs> our singing. Very right? true. Um, it's like it's it's a voice only the Lord could love, um, and that's and that's okay. And that person should be able to heartily sing to the Lord, um, and, and when it's louder, that gives you that opportunity. If it's not, then that person might just just not sing at all, or sing really quiet, right. or mumble, or whatever. And so I think that part of that is just. We grew up learning how to sing well, and I like to hear the congregation sort of sing, and I like to have that sort of thing, and it's really just a preference um, that people have. Nevertheless, it is a real issue that exists, I'd say, between the generation that's older than me Mm -hmm. and then your generation. Um, And so I I find that to be interesting. I don't know that there's a solution other than the fact is is that this is where it's going. Where, Where it's going is... Better, uh, you know, better music in terms of musicianship and and just the musicalness. I think I think worship music has gotten better. I now so I too. love old hymns. I love I theological too. hymns. I love that stuff. I th- but I think that um, in the what let's call contemporary Christian music world, I think music has gotten better and better and better in terms of its. I'm just going to use the word musicalness, and <laughs> it's going to be the way that you guys are experiencing it now. That's right. that's where it's going. It's not probably going to go the other direction. Unless culture changes, but this is this is where we are, right? Um, I'm, I cut you off, so I'll let you keep going. Oh no, that's pretty much it. And in terms of churches using social media, it really depends on how they use it. I think some churches can use it and be overly cheesy with it, and um, like they're trying so hard to stay relevant in social media that they kind of overdo it a little bit. Uh, talking about my post yesterday, so. Is that what this is referring to? I don't know. If I, oh, you didn't see the it. one on Instagram post yesterday? No, no, no. I, I, didn't. I don't know. I was it just it really cheesy. It it really just depends how they if they have social media, then I think they need to have 
people monitoring social media that understand how to use it and how to make it relevant. Because if right. that's not the case, it's, in my opinion, completely ineffective and it's a total turnoff of like, oh, I don't want to go to the super easy, right, I don't want to go to the super here's cheesy the problem. church. The only people who can do that and, and be effective at, uh, and be relevant are millennials and they won't work. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just right, kidding. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> LOL. LOL. Straight yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah. I, I, she, she was stuck for a minute on that. That's, uh, I'm kidding. I'm I know kidding. you're kidding. So that's just, that's my opinion. If a church is going to have social media, run it in, oh, for, for, have someone run it that can understand it. And yeah. it's not I agree painfully with that. awkward. I, well, that's my whole point about old people using, uh, you know, these acronyms and stuff is they're, they're not good at it. They, yeah. they don't know, like, it's silly. It's like, oh, bless his heart. He's trying to use acronyms. Um, and so you do need people on social media. If your church is going to engage at that level, uh, you know, I would suggest to any church out there who's trying to engage with people, it's, it's good that you want to engage with people, but you need people who know what they're doing mm-hmm. or else your engagement is probably doing more harm than good mm-hmm. um, in terms of the message that you're actually sending. Uh, I'm going to ask Corey... Um, you've grown up, um, generally in churches that I've been in because of course you're my daughter. Um, and you know, so you have like Kristen, uh, some different experiences. Now we've been in, of course, Washington, uh, we've been in large churches. We've been in smaller churches. We went in Virginia, Tennessee, uh, California. You probably don't remember the California stuff as much. Maybe the Virginia stuff, certainly, uh, here and Tennessee, but tell me about, um, the, the way that church engages uh, with you and um, what works and what doesn't for you? Well, um, the way that the churches I usually go to are set up was very similar to actually how my schools worked. So, like, it was kind of the same format. There was a lecturer, a teacher, or a pastor. There was a projector. Maybe it was an overhead projector. Maybe it was one of those once I stood up and you slide the little things underneath it and like a screen and the teaching was the same. It was the same kind of visual examples. There was this kind of like, you know, people are staying together in the same classroom. It was a very, very similar structure. So going to church, uh, it kind of put me in the mindset that I was going to school. Like I had a very school-like mindset. So if I, uh, if I found it to be like, I guess since I wasn't like being quizzed or tested on anything, it was very easy for me to just kind of tune out, which is what I would do in school if, you know, I was not interested. Matter. Yeah, it didn't <laughs> matter. I'm like, well, I actually don't need to know this, so, you know. I'm just finding this out. <laughs> <laughs> Dave is over here in shock. I mean, yeah. I never like, but I also have like, for the same kind of like respect as I would for school. So like sitting in a sermon, I wouldn't play on my phone. I wouldn't chew gum loudly. I wouldn't try to be a distraction. I would... Take note, Axe Church. <laughs> I'd be quiet and I'd be attentive. And even if I was kind of like zoning out, I would still... Pretend. Yeah, i still pretend, just yeah. like I went in school. Sure, yeah. Oh, so. I, Trust me, I know exactly what you're saying. Give me an ha- acronym for I, I agree with that. Is there one out there? Totes. Totes. I totes agree. I totes agree. Yeah. Um, so what, what I find interesting about what you just said is, <laughs> of course, when we engage in education, school, it's a particular type of engagement that we're doing mentally with our mind. But at church, we're doing that. Plus, there's this emotional side. There's this, um, I mean, you know, body, soul, spirit. We've talked about that kind of stuff before. I don't know how much we've talked about it on this podcast, um, but th- we have some stuff online that you could that you could look at uh, that Acts Church puts out. Um, but, there's, but there's a connection with what's happening on a Sunday morning that is more than just education. But if it hits you, 
Um, if all the if all the indicators are say in school, you're in school. I think it'd be harder to engage at that level, um, yeah. you know, in worship in, in that type of thing. Do you, anyone who wants to can jump in on this one. Is that do you find that to be true that it because what's happening at church is so similar to what's happening at school that it's harder to to engage on the um, spiritual emotional side? I I'll say since I graduated college, it's much easier to engage um in in sermons now because it's not the 15th lecture I've heard that week it's the second or third lecture I've heard that week and you know I'm, I'm just using the term lecture as a speech of any kind um when I was in school you know you, you're going to three classes a day and maybe sitting through a two-hour lecture in some of those classes oh you went uh, to class I did that occasionally oh, okay. <laughs> um they, they took attendance ah. um and so it, I, I've, and I actually, so I did a summer of, of, I was a camp rep. We basically just went around to camps representing the college. And, uh, and so I was sitting in that time, I was sitting through a lecture every single day, sometimes two, sometimes three times a day. And I remember after that summer going to school and I was just drained and I just, I don't think I got anything out of church for about three months after that. I didn't get anything out of school for three months after that. I was just wiped out from, from the overload of of lecture intake. And so I think when you're in school, I can definitely see how that would affect how you see church. Hmm. What about you, Kristen? Yeah, I, I totally agree with Corey said and what Hunter said. Um, but for me, the good thing about church was like, I could choose the lecturer or the pastor that I liked best. And it wasn't just like some random old man being really boring because at least you're funny, David, yes. but not all college professors are. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> I am a random old man, but at least, I'm funny. <laughs> yeah, but at least you're a <laughs> random funny, funny old man. Old man. Um, and so, yeah, I can, I can totally see that was never my experience with it. Um, but I can, I can see how that might be experienced with others. That makes sense. What about you, Corey? What do you think? Um, I actually, for in second grade, I went to a um, a private school. It was a Christian private school. Mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah, you remember. You were there. <laughs> uh, it, it was actually sh- set up very much like a church. Like they had the pews, and yeah, it was, was in like, a church. Yeah, it was in a church, right. and there was a guy. We actually did like worship songs. Like we learned like sign language to that. Mighty Mountain, whatever song. Yes. Can you do that for us now? It, no, it I, goes really well on a podcast. <laughs> I, tried, I tried to uh, push that out of my memory. She <laughs> suppressed it. Yeah, you suppressed that. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So, definitely that one, was, that experimental school was very much, you know, like, churchy. Yeah, very yeah. churchy. And that you were in a church. Of, and that definitely kind of turned me off a little bit too, being excited to go to a church because it's like, you know, how people wake up excited to go to school. Like, Not. Not, not very many. Not no. as many as teachers wish would. Yeah, um, so being married to a teacher and having done some teaching myself, I think that's, uh, yeah, I, I get that. Um, certainly that that experience that you had where it was actually in a church um, would sort of, again, there's some confusion in like the the indicators. Where am I and what am I doing? You know, some people try to make church feel like a Netflix show, right? Because that would bring in thoughts of enjoyment in whatever, you know, the, the way that people produce or mm-hmm. sometimes overproduce a a church service. And, and my whole point here is that that people want to make the gospel relevant. Paul talks about, I want to be all things to all men, that by all means, you know, mm-hmm. s- some might be saved type thing, you know, might save some. And, and so there's nothing wrong with that in the sense of, hey, look, church wants to engage with culture. Right now, the people who are driving culture 
tend to be in your age group, as opposed to because random old men like me <laughs> are not the ones driving culture. We, you know, random old men like me and random old women, uh, we tend to drive uh, political culture a little bit more mm -hmm. um, because we actually vote and, and people who are younger tend, unfortunately, not to vote as much, although I think that might be changing. Um, but, but young people tend to drive... Um, tend to be cultural drivers for things that, that have to do with media, entertainment, and things like that. And so I think churches try to um, find a way to engage with young people. And sometimes they hit and sometimes they miss. Mm -hmm. And apparently sometimes it feels like school, uh, which is not necessarily, I think, what most people are going for in a church. But I get it because schools are trying to do the same thing, right? They spend... You know, it's interesting that churches actually are similar because schools, of course, spend millions and millions and millions of dollars studying how to be effective mm -hmm. in pedagogy or, 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 or their, or their uh, philosophy of teaching. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and of course, church, part of the, what the church is doing is teaching, right? And it's an important part of what the church is doing, but it's not the only thing that the church is doing. Um, and so uh, it, that, that's an interesting thing. So I have a couple more questions I want to ask uh, of you all that I think will... Uh, <clears throat> will help us, and, and again, what I'm what I'm doing here, what we're doing with these millennials and me podcasts is really, and maybe I'll do a baby boomers and me podcast soon or something. But um, what I'm trying to do is just help people understand each other better. And so, one of the things that I think is important, or I think that is good for the church, the people in the church, the body of Christ to understand is, you know, how to relate to, how to uh, connect to. Um, people who are culturally different from them, whatever whatever that is. And so I'm going to ask you guys to sort of give your thoughts on if you were to just to, to explain to, say, somebody older or even younger, I suppose, but probably older than you, um, you know, how to how to engage with you in a way that that connects to you. Um, and and also, what are some ways that you've been engaged with that do not connect to you? What are some ways that um, you've seen the church, individuals in the church, whether that's one-on-one, -on -one, whether that's, uh, you know, how, how the church is, is connecting or, or communicating with the congregation that have, that have really been a disconnect for you, have been hard for you to connect to. Um, obviously, we know that millennials, by and large, are not in church. There's some reason for that, other than the fact that people who happen to be in that age group that millennials are in right now oftentimes aren't in church in every generation. But your generation is significantly more so. And so um, give me give me those insights. I'm going to start again with you, Kristen, because you're across the table for me. You'll remember not to do that next time and you'll have to go first. But go ahead. Well, obviously, the only way that you can engage with me is by talking in those acronyms that we talked about earlier. Just straight. Just straight. I'm just kidding. No, don't do that. Oh, I would well. probably be like, wait, what are you talking about? Why are you doing this? LOL. Um, WYD. Just kidding. JK. WWJD. Mm, oh, those. Yeah, what would Jesus do? I do. Mm. I do remember that. But in all seriousness, I think um, a way to connect with me as a person, millennial or not, and for every person, I think it'll be different. I'm just speaking for myself and other millennials that I know. Um, is you don't necessarily have to, even though I joked about talking those acronyms, you don't have to um, talk the way we do or really like, like the things that we like. Um, I think that. Um, just getting to know a person and having simple conversations about your hobbies can bring generations together. So I started working, um, not working, I guess, facilitating um, with the matured mentors group in our church, which is our retired group and the 50 and up group. And I was really 
if any of you guys are listening to this from our church, I was really hesitant because I've never really connected um, to the older generations very well. So it was um, it was kind of nerve wracking for me because um, I was like, oh, what are we going to say? Like, what do we have in common? What are we going to talk about? You know, um, but believe it or not, I have a lot in common with those people. And yeah, they may be um, way older than me and they joke all the time that I have an old soul and that's why I'm there. But um, I would really say just... It's just find commonalities that you guys have, whether, yeah, they may not watch a lot of TV or movies or be on social media or be on up to date on the most like slang, you know, but I feel like um, every everyone and every human has a story that connect them and they have similarities and differences. And I think that um, just asking me what I like and what and I'll ask you what you like. And that's a good way to kind of connect and engage. And I don't think that you necessarily have to be in the most relevant culture to connect with people but also I think millennials tend to think like like I did with the uh, with the matured mentors group like oh I don't know I don't have anything in common like what am I going to talk about you know but it's just putting that fear aside and that nerve like nerve-wracking anxiousness aside and just realizing that like there are people too they have experiences and a lot of their experiences are going to be similar to what you're going through because we're all human and especially when you're in the church you all have that one common thing to bond over which is Christ you know and so um yeah, just get to know people. What, what about ways that <clears throat> have been where where you feel like the church, and it doesn't have to be an individual, it could just be churches you've been in or or even ex church now, you know, just where you feel like you're being you're being missed, um, or your or millennials in general are being missed by the way that certain things are communicated. I mean, do you notice that ever? Is that is that something that you feel like um, happens or I don't think it happens a lot in our church, but I can. It it probably does happen a lot in another church, in other churches. Hunter, you said you look like you're going to say something. Oh no! I mean, yeah, it's it's hard for me to say because um, the the churches that I went to when I was in college, they were all very uh, well. They were they were run by people my age because the, we had a Bible college there that was sending out all these volunteers. So um, I didn't necessarily feel like a a um, minority at all in those churches. They were all fairly young, um, especially from the leadership perspective. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I can necessarily, like when I hear like, oh, millennials leaving the church, I don't know if I resonate with, with the reasons um, for that. I think some disconnect for me is um, some of the gatherings that like the traditional ways that churches gather, I think sometimes can be really intimidating for millennials because they're used to being on social media and not having to gather with people all the time. Oh, yeah. So like the idea to me of gathering a group and doing some kind of activity is weird to me. <laughs> and maybe that's just because I'm used to hanging out on the internet, you know? So there's some like... You know, there's some ministries and like even life groups, I think, can be hard for millennials because I don't think millennials necessarily like want to go out and have those deep connections and deep relationships with people because it's they're used to it being social, you know, kind of um, surface level, not social level, surface level. And so I think that some of the ministries that churches may have can be a little intimidating and maybe a little outdated and the activities that they have going on in their ministries need to make sure that they're inclusive and do things that millennials like to do. Like, you know, let's, instead of reading a book together, let's watch this documentary or this TV series or something and let's talk about it instead of maybe doing like a book 
club style thing. I mean, yes, the Bible is important, but I'm just saying as like a side activity. It is, yeah. Um, well, yeah, and, I, and obviously we should, I'm not saying we should stop reading the Bible, but I'm just saying maybe certain activities in, that churches have and the ministries that they have, maybe they need a little revamping and include activities that millennials will find interesting or engaging instead of just book clubs and arts and So crafts. do you feel like millennials have, have exited community in, in the way, of course, a church still is old school, I'm making quotes in my hands, in the sense that, uh, you know, a, a true church requires true community, like face-to-face, like groups, like together, like the real thing, like digging deep and whatever. And of course, that's the absolute opposite of social media. Yeah. Social media is, yes, occasionally someone will pour out their heart on social media and, and receive many praying for yous, you know, after that, but, but nobody's... right. <laughs> Nobody is in, in that environment. It's impossible to have the kind of love and, and service and whatever that you would have in, in, in a church. But that's what you're used to, right? right? Because that's that's the way that you've been interacting with your friends right. forever, yeah. right? Um, you know, every way if you go and you look at a table, <clears throat> not even of just millennials now. I don't care what age they are. You, you know, go to go see four friends that are out to dinner and they're all looking at their phones, right? Mm-hmm. Like there, there are people in front of you and you're still, you're still, it's like, it's become like a, like a safety blanket or something yeah. like that. Like the, and, and I, and me too, you know, you walk into somewhere that's uncomfortable. The first thing you do is like, well, let me, Pull let me have my phone out and, yeah. and I can be looking at that. And then I can only halfway have to engage. And, and so having that normal, like, Hey, Hello, how are you? My name is, you mm-hmm. know, shake my hand. Let's talk. Let's not like leave your phone in your pocket. Let's just have a conversation. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. But that's what church is. Church is about people being being with other people. And so, I don't know, Corey, what do you think about that? Does that uh, does that strike you having grown up in this age of a lot of the social media and stuff that it's harder to connect one-on-one with people? Um, so for me personally, um, I don't. I don't really prefer social media as a way to connect. It does feel very surfacey to me, and it feels very personal. When I'm with a group of friends, I find myself very much wanting to be face-to-face, on front, in social situations. I will purposefully not use my phone as a crutch, if I can, uh, to kind of f- kind of force it so that I could have more face-to-face interaction. So maybe I'm a little bit weird in that way. I definitely have it, though, with my friends that... Who are my age, us sitting together and then being on their phones and it being harder to engage with that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of I kind of get that. No, I think that's the mature way, and I would expect amazing. nothing less. Your parents must be amazing. so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> that's uh, you must have been raised really well. Uh, no, I, I agree, and now I will I will admit I have to consciously think about putting my keeping my phone in my pocket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so used to checking it and getting emails and getting messages and whatever so often that I'm so used to checking it to where you, you, you know, you just, it just becomes a habit. And so I agree with Corey that we need to keep the phones in our pockets. I, I, you know, eye contact, face-to-face communication, life groups, small groups, whatever. But I also recognize that that is countercultural. That Mm -hmm. is not, that is not reaching culture where it is right now. So the question then becomes, and I'll ask this one, what what do you think? We'll start with Hunter because Kristen is pointing towards Hunter. <laughs> I don't doesn't, want to be first. Doesn't want to have to be first. Uh, do you think that the church should stay the course because because the kind of in other words, 
instead of going to a lot of online services, a lot of a lot of things where we where where we engage people at that level, which is to say, we we keep relationships at that social media level and so on, and find a way for the church to interact at that level. Should the church stay what it is and have the people come over to it? Which is to say, yes, real relationship, serious, real service, real, real prayer for real people with real hands laid on, and so on, and stay out of the virtual, um, or, or or not use the virtual as a crutch. Or do you think that in order to be um, culturally relevant, the church should move more towards another? And I think this probably answers itself, but I'll let you give it an answer. Well, I I certainly think that. Um, it, the, the church, as this new virtual world comes out, the church should pervade that world. But I don't think that it can be the basis of the church. I think it's it's um, something that the church is reaching out into. But I don't. I think that the church. So simple answer. No, I don't think that the church should rely on social uh, media, virtual uh, connections with people in order to. Um, to do the work that used to be done face-to-face, I think that the face-to-face is absolutely necessary, absolutely an important part of the Christian faith. And I think that um, that this is a trial that society is having to go through, um, that Christianity is having to go through with the creation of all of this uh, tech and social media, that now all of a sudden it seems much easier to interact through that, but it's just not... It's not authentic. It's um, comparative. It, it it pits people against each other. I think too easily. Um, certainly, you can participate in social media without being um, comparative and um, self centered and things like that. But it's just so easy to be. Those You're just things. saying that because you look so good in selfies. The rest of us. <laughs> oh yeah. <clears throat> you can just scroll through my countless selfies. It seems like I did see kind of a groupie selfie on your page yesterday. So groupie, I'm, I'm good with with group pictures because that's just showing groupies meant something completely different when i, I was young by I, the way yeah, um, yes. that we won't define that <laughs> podcast on the axe church podcast but um and a, and a guy who is a leader of a band talking about <laughs> them would have definitely had some implications hunter so be careful I'm sorry about how you're good with groupies I but won't. in any case um <laughs> We may have to uh, cut that. No. <laughs> you said it. I didn't say it. Um, you, you said groupie first. I said I, groupies. You said I'm good with groupies. I'm just, <laughs> I don't know what that means. I just, I'm going to leave that. I think, I'm just going to read my Bible for I think group, yeah, you repent. Um, you, you take, I think group pictures are a great way of, of commemorating real social interaction via social media, which I think social media should be a reflection of our real, actual face-to-face interactions with Unless people. you're not in the group and you feel bad because there's Hunter with all his groupie friends. Well, then you should have been there. And the rest, uh, and then <laughs> we didn't get to go. Yeah, no, I wasn't I, invited. I, yeah, I wasn't any of those groupies. Um, I, I I think so. I think that, that I agree with what you say in terms of pervading. And yeah, I think I think that the church should be using those outlets as a way to draw people into real relationship right. with them and with Christ um, and with other believers and other non-believers. Yeah. Um, but I, I certainly don't think that's something that the church should shun or um, just let be. I, I think that it's something that they should be involved in. Um, but if I heard a guy on, on social media recently, um, he was talking about, we just ran into each other on a Facebook group that was completely unrelated. Um, 
and he said, oh, 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 I, he, it came about that I was in the Vancouver area. He said, oh, I've been thinking about moving to Vancouver. Our church is in Seattle. We've been thinking about moving to the Seattle area or the Vancouver area or something like that. And I said, what, what church is that? And I can't remember what it was, what church it was. It was a, it was a big mega church, really big mega. It was like the pastor's name <laughs> I recognized from, from like news articles and things like that. And, um, and I, I was really confused for a moment. I was thinking, do you fly to Seattle every weekend? And then I realized, oh no, he's just watching sermons online. He's just a, a virtual church attender. And I just thought that just sounds so virtual. So it, it seems like a 10th of the Christian you're just, all you're getting basically is, um, this, this slick sermon and, and music experience music musical worship experience that's like saying i'm part of uh what's what's a popular television show i don't watch enough tv i'm part of uh the office the the office no that's like so forever ago it's, it's, okay whatever I mean, it's uh, so okay, walking great, dead but. never seen it but you know I, I know people watch that you probably shouldn't but that's not your as many problem. anymore but the walking dead I, i'm part of the walking dead because i watch it every week yeah, uh, that doesn't make you a zombie. You've never talked. You know, to you're not movie. you're not a zombie because you watch a show every week. You're a zombie only if you're really a zombie. Yeah. This is important. Write this down. <laughs> if you have face to face interactions with others, right? Zombies. You've got to be hanging out with the zombies, <laughs> right? That brains need to be being eaten. I mean, this is this is sharing the zombie life and community. That's what you need. People. I hope nobody's tuning in right at this point of the podcast. You're gonna be real thrown off. <clears throat> like, you're what is going confused. on with this church? But but it's just like that. Oh, I watch this church online. That's my church. I'm sorry, but, but it's not. I, yeah. And I honestly, I encounter that more and more as one. Also, not necessarily. I don't. <laughs> I don't have a lot of friends here. Um, I do. Um, not really my age, though. I have very few. Like since moving to the Vancouver area, I I have started attending church, and I have friends from all walks of life, but less so my age. Um, but when I was Living in Texas, um, the people I went to high school with, et cetera, I was friends with them. But I find more and more on their social media now is they're like, oh, I just watched this sermon. This is such a great church. I'm so glad to be a part of this church. And I'm like, I don't know their life. So they might they might go there. But from their posts that they're making and sharing this video about what they watched, it just sounds like that they're sitting home with their family, with their significant other that they live with, and watching the sermon and saying that they're a part of a church. And that's just like... It breaks my heart because, I mean, yes, at least they're getting the gospel and they're getting the good news of Christ, but I feel like they're not getting all of the other joy that comes with that. So they're not getting the community. They're not getting the relationships. They're not getting um, the realness. And I just go back to, yeah, it's hard and it's intimidating for millennials because we're so used to living through this screen. But, like, the joy that comes with that is just unmeasurable and it's so good. So if you only watch online— Go to the church. It's 10 yeah. times more amazing than you think it is just watching the video. Well, it's a supplement, right? Online is great. I, I mean, I hope that, you know, we put our sermons out online. Right. <clears throat> we put other, con- we're doing this. This will go online, this podcast. We think these are great supplements for, for people during the week to continue to stay in the gospel, to be thinking mm-hmm. about things like what we're talking about today, about how to engage with other believers, about having the mind of Christ, about all these things. Great, but that that is not a substitute. It's a supplement. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't substitute for being there 
on Sunday morning or Saturday night, depending on your church and, you know, what service you go to or whatever, but being there with the people in a life group, you know, living out your walk with Christ with other believers. There is no substitute for that. And there, and frankly, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying this to offend anybody, but I recognize it may offend some people, but there is, there is no biblical grounds for virtual church. I mean, you you cannot you cannot live that way as a believer. You are called to be at a particular church in a community in a body, actively participating in that body, using your gifts in that body. How are you going to use your gifts on the other side? If you're in Albuquerque and your church is in Seattle, what are you doing? I mean, yeah, I guess you could give some money, but how are you how are you using the giftings God's given you given you to minister to the other people who are a part of that local body in Seattle? Uh, it doesn't make sense. And so I would say, well, I encourage you to listen to these sermons. I encourage you, you know, to these different messages, to these podcasts, to these things, you know, take in all you can, but you need to have your own church and your own uh, and your own leadership that's at that church that you're supporting um, in prayer, that you're lifting up the people who you're, is, whose lives you're in, who you're discipling, who you're being discipled by. I mean, and I understand, like you said, for someone who's grown up with screens as their main um, connection to even other people, even their own friends. Often it's they're liking their selfies on Instagram as opposed to actually hanging out. Um, and you can now sit in your house and Netflix and chill. That, that probably doesn't mean something good, but you can watch Netflix and, and order Uber Eats. Right. And don't act like, uh, you mm. know, that's not you haven't done that because do I've done that. Time. Right. So you can sit there and never leave and still feel like you're engaged because you also sat there on the couch while you're watching Netflix and liked 15 Facebook posts and and hashtag goals. What you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you're, you're sitting there and you feel like you're engaged. You feel like you've actually done something significant, but you haven't. You haven't been part of, of something. You've actually isolated yourself back. And so millennials come out. Come out from oh, the closet. No. And that's that's what you I was know, saying. The closet is not the right way. Off the couches, so out this, of your house. This question started with uh, how can you better for for those who are not millennials, or maybe those who are millennials who are um, maybe in a atypical uh, way of life for a millennial. Like I would say, we kind of are um, not the typical millennial. Um, I would say that the That's best way to all say. Well, true. That is true. <laughs> Everyone else. No, but I'm not. Don't count me in with the millennials because I'm, I'm totally different. You're all, you're all beautiful. Pretty soon and, there's going to be no millennials. You're all beautiful separate snowflakes. Snowflake. Yeah, yeah. That's right. But my, um, what I was, where I was going with that is I think the way to relate with us is just force yourself into our lives and, um, you know, invite us um, to do things with you. Invite mm -hmm. us um, into your home. Mm -hmm. Um that's something that I hope to be able to do some days. Just invite people in my home, invite people um, to go do things that I like um, with them. Uh, because I think that's as, as much as the church is a Sunday morning um, gathering, I think it's, it's lots of small gatherings of people um, outside of Sunday morning. So mm -hmm. um, that's how I would say the best way to, cause you don't have to like the same things as us. Um, you do have to be willing to accept that we like, you have to be willing to accept that we like different things than you. Um, but if you're into this other thing and we're into video games, uh, let's talk about why we like both of those things and what similar things about those things that we like and what's something that we can do that, that shares, um, that similar, um, passion or joy and, and how can we get together and, and deal with those and do those things and, and share this life together? Cause I think, um, 
more and more millennials and more and more people in general are um, hoarding joy of life, trying trying to hold on to it themselves and produce it um, in their own little bubble with as few people as possible mm-hmm. getting into that bubble, which I get. I, I think I think it's been in the guise of trying to be more intimate with a small set of people. I think um, it always looks good like, oh, I don't have lots of friends because I have a few really close friends. And I think that's a, a thing of introverts and of millennials that while it is, is good, I think it's good to have very strong relationships with a few people. I think you need to be able to branch out from that too. Um, and so I think just to do that, you just, you just have to um, find a way into our lives, um, invite us to do things, invite yourself <laughs> into our lives. Um, I think that, um, is what a lot of millennials need. Yeah. True that. I think, Totes. I think that's good, good advice. Um, and, and in that, in that vein, things that you like to do and letting you probably do, do you like to wash cars at all? Because I, I have, <laughs> you have a car that I, I, I you want me to wash. Do your car. I have something for you? Um, I washed my car the other day. And it was nice and clean. Went out to drive it the next day, and, and it just rained. A, no, a pollen storm had oh, enveloped yeah. it, and it was just it turned yellow. It turned yellow, even mm-hmm. though it's a black car. Yeah, black cars are hard to keep clean. I can attest to that. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to give you guys each kind of a sign off here, um, and then we'll pray and close out. Just because I don't think we're done with with this topic, and you actually brought up you mentioned video games, which is I think another thing I need to talk to mm. the, the, in one of these millennials mm. and me podcasts where I need to understand how people can get as locked into that world as they do, which is hard for me to understand. I mean, I love little Super Mario Brothers. Don't get me wrong. I just beat it the other day again for the 896,000th time. But the first time since I was 12. Wait, what did you right? call it? Um, Super Mario Brothers. That's what it's called. Um, we'll we'll have that argument later, too. Uh, okay. Okay. I know you call it Dutch Bros and Super Mario Bros, but that's only because you guys and your acronyms. Uh, everyone calls it Super Mario Brothers. I don't even want to. I'm not going to have this argument. Okay. All right. Everyone. <laughs> everyone who knows how to speak English does. Um, you can vote in the comments below on Super Mario Brothers versus Super Mario Bros. Um, so anyway, I mean, we'll come back to a lot of stuff. I'm going to let each of you um, kind of give a parting thought. You know, give me give me one sentence about um, the thing you're most hopeful as as a young person looking forward. Um, the thing that you're most hopeful to for in the next year in your relationship with the Lord. The thing you're looking forward to the most about that relationship, Hunter. You go. Oh, one sentence. Boy. You just you just threw that right at me. Yeah, toss to you. Um, Don't let me down. Develop um, taking my relationship with the Lord and using it to connect with more people. Okay, Kristen. Eliminating fear and worry, and developing a greater trust and faith in the Lord. Okay, Corey. Um to not only focus on the scientific and provable side of God, but to understand the emotional and spiritual side as well. Cool. cool. And my goal, I didn't even think about it. I should have thought about my own. But I'm not a millennial, so I'm not, I, I will be cross-examined here today. I, you know, I think my goal um, is just to, is also just to love people more. Um, 
to for the Lord to show me what service looks like, what it means to serve and love like Him. Um, I think that's an area where I can definitely grow. Um, one of millions of areas where I could grow. So um, let's pray, and then we'll uh, sometime in the future, Lord willing, we'll do another millennials of me. Father, I thank you for the three young people here at the table. I thank you for. This entire generation of people who you've built, and they, they really are, you know, we say, oh, they're special snowflakes. They are. Every one of them is an individual that you made, that you've gifted specially, just like everyone else. Um, and they have so much to offer, and there's so much um, potential uh, that's there if they'll walk in the power of your Holy Spirit, and if they'll come to know you, Lord. And we just pray that, that the church would reach out to everyone, um, but not leave this generation behind uh, because we don't understand uh, them culturally or for any other reason, Lord. I just pray that we would draw people out of out of virtual um, and sometimes uh, weak uh, surfacy relationships into real powerful, messy, uh, but joyful relationships, Lord. And we just thank you for Acts Church. We thank you for the people who are listening to this all over the world um, that, that tune in and listen to this podcast, and we pray you'd bless them through it, Lord. I thank you once again for um, everyone in your church all over the world, um, but today especially for the those who are millennials in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the Actors Podcast. Glad you were with us this week. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love it if you'd comment and share some thoughts or give it a like or give it a review on iTunes. That really helps us out a lot. Uh, if you haven't heard of Axe Church before, we are a church in Camas, Washington. We'd love it if you check us out. You can go to axecamas.org and see some of our info. You can join us on a Sunday. We meet at Shahala Middle School uh, on 192nd Street, right on the edge of Camas, Washington in Vancouver, Washington. Uh, come and join us for worship. We'd love to see you there. And we'll catch you again next time.